For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> this is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald. And John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday morning. Yeah, it's a summer football Friday, which means there's no football going on here in Philadelphia. But it is across the league with a bunch of teams that are already open camp. But the countdown is on. It's a mere matter of days before the Philadelphia Eagles are back out on the football field defending their NFC championship. Can they take it a step further this year? That's what we'll be talking about for the next, oh, nine months or so, somewhere thereabouts. Magamac guys, McMullen and McDonald here hanging with you. Johnny Mac, like I said, five days you guys are going to be out there in that important piece of real Maybe. estate. Who knows? Yeah. Still no schedule. Still don't have the schedule. All right. Sorry. I, I, yeah. I got ahead of myself. I, you know, I can't confirm. Eagles. I can't confirm or deny <laughs> they'll be out on the field. 
Right. Well, we're pretty sure they will. The question is, will you guys and uh, will you be given more than 10 minutes notice that, hey, the field's open for you guys. Yeah, come on in 10 minutes it's, later. It's outrageous, man, by the way. Never seen anything like it. I've had schedules from other NFL teams six weeks ago, Jody. I'm not even joking. Six weeks ago. And um, you're not covering those teams. You're just yeah. an NFL reporter, but you're on the email list or with a contact list. Yeah, so exactly. Six weeks they're, yeah. they're scheduled out. Now, that's rare that it's that. I'm not saying that's common. That, but that I think the earliest one I got was about six weeks ago. Um, yeah, some people want things in place and others want to take that. It's it's that fight for competitive advantage. It seeps into the Eagles' mindset. And even when it comes to scheduling, uh, what what other people don't know apparently helps the Philadelphia Eagles, mm, or so mm. they believe. And coming off a Super Bowl appearance last year, I guess you can understand there. I can't call it paranoia. We got to come up with a phrase to describe the Eagles' overall acting belief that keeping everything in house is somehow advantageous to them. I. Uh, yeah, I don't, well, well, you know, th- to me, this is not, you know, logistics is not in the competitive advantage field. This is just, I, I don't even know what it is. Now, they, you don't you believe an, that, but do you believe the Eagles believe that? I don't. I think it's more you of... think it's just ah, laziness? We'll get, I, yeah, what would you I think, call it? I think it's more we'll get to it when we get to it, honestly, uh, in a lack of respect, honestly, for... Uh, People who do have to cover the team and things like that, which so that gets my ire up a little bit. And generally, I, you know, I'm very favorable towards this organization and how it's run. But there are certain things that are just ridiculous. I don't if you have a different adjective, it's got nothing to do with competitive advantage. That's the on the field stuff. Now, I think they take that too far. I'll also admit that the competitive advantage stuff. Oh, so do I. You know, I that. think they take that too far. Um, but yeah, the other stuff. I mean, I always, you know, go back to Andy Reid. I joke if you called up Andy today or text him, he'd have his schedule for 2027 mapped out. I mean, there are certain people that are just, you know, boom, 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 and rules change all the time. It's not like, and and by the way, that's the point. They know the schedule. They know it's not like they're coming to work today and saying, oh, uh, you know, we're, we got to get that done. The NFL has already scheduled them. Now they have to turn around and schedule everybody else. And they go, hey, exactly. Get exactly. So I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But I mean, it, it affects the fans as well because. I mean, they don't know when the practices are going to be. And most of them are closed except for um, – and they know when the Lincoln Financial Field open practice is because uh, that was publicized or because they have to. But, yeah, it's it's strange. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. So when – I almost feel the need to say if, but I'll go with when. When the unknown time hits – and you are out there and you are actually given a chance to eye up the Eagles in some kind of activity. I uh, try and stay away from calling it practice since it's not 11 on 11. I don't know that it merits being called a practice, but football activities. How many guys are there every single day? Uh, you, your buddies, your amigos, your pals, which I got to admit, 
is kind of like a different relationship because you're working together and you're all covering together and you're shooting the breeze together. But you're also trying to keep certain information to yourself because you've got to write a column. You've got to come on a YouTube show. You've got to uh, have some opinion slash information that you want to be solely your own. So it's kind of a weird relationship that all you guys have. How many is there in the there everyday for? Well, there's more. There's more in training camp uh, than during the season. During the season, I could run down the list. I'm trying to think of the the media uh, room. It, it, it starts for the little cubicles. Um, you know, on on the far right is Ruben Franks and Elliot Shore Parks of, uh, you know. Um, WIP, NBC Sports, Philadelphia, those guys. Uh, Dave Zangaro, who we're very familiar Chris Franklin, our buddy. Bob Groats, our buddy. All these people. Ed Kratz, myself, Martin Frank, uh, Jimmy Kemsky, Jeff McLean, Zach Berman, Bo Wolf, EJ Smith, Josh Tolentino. That's that's the group. I don't think I missed anybody. Um if I did, I apologize. That's that's the group. That's the core group. That are there, um, as you say. They're, it may be a little bit larger in the preseason because I've been doing feature pieces, but they're not there every day once the season starts. So, but uh, between 15 and 20, would you say? Is it that large a group or slightly Yeah, larger? somewhere 15-ish, I would say, um, which is pretty large compared to other teams. Oh, the Eagles... I think it's the biggest in the entire yeah, national it, it is. It, it has been. And it used to be a lot bigger. It's uh, a lot smaller than it once was. Um, uh, not a lot, but it, it used to be uh, bigger. Um, and even the Eagles have shrunk a little bit. Partially through their design, they've tried to tighten things up. Um, and, you know, they're not as liberal with handing out credentials and um, – yeah, but it's still the largest media contingent in the NFL, even beating cities like New York and Chicago. Um, and so, Chicago and, should be as big, if not bigger, because they've only got one team. New yeah. York, at least, you've got uh, two teams. You've got to share the wealth of the football writers in town between the Jets and the Giants. Not the case here in Philadelphia or Chicago. Uh, and uh, been following all you guys, all those aforementioned individuals. I had no idea that Dennis Kelly was this popular player. Man, it seems like the Eagles got back a long lost brother who is returning to the fold. I get he's a nice guy, from what I understand. I yeah. didn't cover him day in and day. I out. didn't. I didn't. I you wasn't didn't here either. when Dallas Den, Dennis was here. I was there that that when he got traded was my first year back. Um, and I wasn't there every day. I was there, you know, maybe once, twice, twice a week, maybe a couple days at training camp. So I didn't know him uh, very well. But, yeah, evidently he's very popular. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and part of it is it's news, right? Yeah, you know, lack, lack, of, lack of any other new news yeah. to be delving but I, into. But I, but I do think it's more than, you know, sometimes – you see a transaction and you'll know it's, well, you know, that guy's, you hate to use the term camp body, but um, that's how the NFL acts. So 
I don't think it's oh, sure. impolite to say that. It's kind of dehumanizing, but a lot of these guys are camp bodies around the league. Dennis Kelly's, you know, relevant. I think he's going to make this football team. Um, but you, you wouldn't know, call him 100%, would you? I wouldn't call him 100, but I'd call him 90, you know, well over 90. Really? Uh, I don't know how high. Yeah, because, I mean – the and and the only concern is from my perspective on him making the team is he's 33 just going on you know maybe he's lost it maybe there's nothing left but if he's still the guy he was um he's here for a reason uh and they're not completely comfortable with their depth we always talk about the strength of the eagles offensive line and it's tremendous <laughs> the starters uh but the depth took a a, a pretty big hit um, and they're clearly not comfortable uh, with the depth. And this guy can play basically everywhere except center in a pinch. I, as I said, he can even play guard, but I don't know how much you want him at guard because he's six eight and a half. But he has played guard. He can play both guard positions. He can play both tackle positions. Um, he's a very valuable player from a versatility standpoint, and he's been good. You know, not, I don't want to overstate it, but he's been a solid NFL player. If um, Dennis Kelly is 95, what would you make Jack Driscoll percentage chance of beyond the roster? Oh, Jack's, Jack's, Jack's 100% minus, right. okay. um, um, you know, barring injury. Injury, was, yeah. We're taking injury. Yeah, out he, he's making the team. This isn't about Jack Driscoll other than they're probably not comfortable with Jack playing left tackle, but they're rock solid with, with Jack at right tackle, right guard. So I think they're trying to replicate maybe what they did last year. You know, most teams have a swing tackle on game day and have an interior backup. Um, the Eagles did it a little bit differently in that they had uh, sort of a right side backup and a left side backup yeah, with yeah. Andre Dillard on the left side, Jack Driscoll on the right side. Maybe they like that. Maybe they're trying to duplicate that. So, but yeah, and you, you handled this every single week, nine or 10 overall offensive linemen, eight active on game day, two deactives or one deactive how many did they have on the roster for the majority of the year nine or ten on the offensive line um i think uh, sua was here but then he went to the practice so it depended on the week uh early they had a, a lot because they kept josh sills on the roster and obviously then josh got in this year yeah josh got in trouble still on the commissioner's exempt list um still has to deal with some very, very serious uh, legal charges. Um, so he, you know, people kind of forget uh, he made the team as an undrafted free agent. So I think they were at 10 to start, but by the end they were at eight. So it, it can fluctuate. And remember, it makes things more complicated um, because of the expanded practice squad. So when you're doing this, when we have our, we're just talking about the reporters, when we're having our 53 man roster pool, it's more difficult now because you have to factor in the strategy. You can keep guys on the practice squad. As long as you're comfortable that they'll get through waivers, right? You can keep a guy on the practice squad and then elevate them for the game if you need them. So 
I'm looking at linebackers saying, how many linebackers are, are they going to keep? Because obviously you have to play uh, two of them. Um, last year they got lucky in that those two stayed healthy for the majority of the uh, – so injuries always factor in. But do you really – when people say, all right, you got to keep five linebackers, really, do you? Yeah, because no. you can get Sean Bradley through waivers. You can get whomever, Ben Van Sumer in if you want to go that way, or you can get uh, Davion Taylor. They already got Davion Taylor through waivers last year and brought him back to the practice squad. So you can kind of – if you need an extra spot for an offensive lineman, especially early, you can you can piecemeal it that way and say, well, if we need a linebacker on game day for special teams, what have you, somebody's banged up, you just elevate Davion Taylor from the practice. How, club. how many times are you allowed to do that again? I should remember this rule. I don't, so I'm asking you. Uh, elevate a guy from practice squad to the active roster. There, uh, three. There, I was going to say three. there is a defined number that you can only do it so many times over yeah. the course of a year. Yeah, three. Three. For individual players. Remember, Britton Covey hmm. did not make the 53, the initial 53. Um, they waived him, put him on the practice squad, elevated him for three games, and then put him on uh, the 53. That's sort of, you know, some of the strategy you can use now that you couldn't in the past. And that's that's one of the reasons they could keep a guy like Josh Sills last year because you you, you need a punt returner. Uh, but what they did is they sort of – they knew they could get Cubby through waivers. They, they put him on the practice squad, elevated him for as long as they could, and then when they couldn't, they had to put him on the 53. And if the team was waiting, they would have grabbed Josh Sills. They didn't. Uh, one last one, and then we'll get our first guest up here. Oh, I see him ready to rock and roll. Martin Frank in the green room. Um, percentage chance to make the original 53 on the offensive line if you've got Dennis Kelly at 95. What's Sue Opetta? Uh, Sue is under underwater. He's under 50, I think. He's got to go make this team. Um, not that he can't. Um, but again, he's another guy, you know, he, he, he got for people that don't remember, he got released and brought back to the practice squad. So by the end of the season, you know, uh, sewer was a practice squad guy. Um, and I think it was by the end of the season, it was the starters. So you had Kelsey, um, Lane, uh, Jordan, Landon Dickerson, Isaac Savalo. And then it was just uh, Cab Jurgens, Andre Dillard, Jack Driscoll. That was it by the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, it's going to fluctuate. But I, there's this kid, Trevor Reed, I've talked about him a couple right. oh, times. I was getting them next. If they're going to yeah. keep him, Johnny Mac, I don't know about your 95% for Dennis Kelly. Oh, no. I, if they're going to keep Trevor Reed, they're keeping 10 offensive linemen. He's going to be the Josh Shills of this year. Uh, they're just going to keep him to keep him to uh, develop him uh, and stick him on the back end of the roster, which they've done in the past with offensive linemen pretty consistently. Once every few years, they've done it. They give sort of Jeff Stoutland, I think, to make Jeff happy as well, sort of like this developmental project. Uh, that keeps him engaged and excited. Um, but, it, and, and if they think they can't get him through waivers, 
Um, they might stash them on the 53 and play those. That's why I'm saying they might play those roster games, say, all right, we need that extra spot. We don't have linebackers, so why keep linebackers? Just put them all on the practice squad. You need bodies, but, you know, it's a 60 it, – it's no longer 53-man roster. It's 69. Um, so you need four or five linebackers. But you don't need them on the 53, especially when you're very, very comfortable that you can get them through waivers. And the Eagles are very, very comfortable that they could get the majority of those guys through waivers. And that's both a good and a bad thing. Because if you've got good players and other teams judge them to be good, yeah, they, they steal them. They take them away. They give them a spot on their roster. When you do get them through, it's like, hey, we played the game well, but it's also... We didn't have someone who was meritorious of jumping onto somebody else's roster. People don't think of our reserve guys at 53 plus as good enough to have. It cuts well, both ways. Yeah. I, I do think people overrate the waiver wire pickups though, because every year they're like, they're going to lose 18 guys. It doesn't work like that. I mean, teams are working with their own young players. They don't want to start from scratch. They're going to default to their guys, but the good teams and the Eagles are, obviously one of the deepest teams, they tend to get, you know, maybe two or three guys claimed. Uh, so you got to be careful. Um, but it, it does tend, people tend to forget and it gets a little bit overrated. Overrated. I would yeah. agree with you on that. John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Bird 365. Our guy, Martin Frank, coming up next here on Bird 365. <clears throat> Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. 
sure our prayers were answered. But now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. A football Friday here on Bird Street 65 as the countdown to the opening of training camp continues. And we've got with us a guy who will be there every day standing next to John McMullen or standing as far as possibly away from John McMullen. That would be his own choice. Martin Frank from the Delaware News. Been a minute since we've had Martin on. How's your summer been, Martin? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, kind of relaxing. It, it's hard to believe that it's just about over. But yeah, yeah. It's well, do we know officially, Martin? Uh, we still don't know the schedule, so you know, we we, <laughs> we do know they're gonna we do know they're gonna report, but uh, yeah, I think it's kind of ironic that we don't have a schedule yet. What do you make of that? We were talking about it. I just think I don't think it has anything to do with competitive advantage, or I just think they're like, ah, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. It, it is kind of funny because, um, you know, last year Nick Sirianni started this thing where, you know, they would practice for like two days in a row. Then they'd have a walkthrough on the third on the third day. And, you know, he kind of would always say that was because they discovered a lot of the injuries that have happened, like the soft tissue injuries happen on the third day of practice. So I would assume it's kind of like that. Like if their first practice is next Wednesday, they'll practice Wednesday, Thursday, have a walkthrough on Friday. I mean, it seems easy enough to set that kind of schedule, um, you know, especially, you know, later in in training camp when they're, you know, hosting the Browns for for a week and, and the Colts the last week of the, pre- of the preseason. So you can just kind of like set your watch by it basically. And maybe they just haven't gotten around to sending out the <laughs> schedule, but unless they're doing something revolutionary, which I doubt they would be doing considering no. they just went to the Super now, Bowl. Oh, they know the schedule. They yeah. just haven't released it uh, to the public for whatever reason. I just can't figure out why other than, well, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm sticking with competitive advantage. John is dismissing that. I think that's what it is. I I don't understand it. I don't agree with it, but that's my philosophy because otherwise they're just obnoxious jerks. If you're telling me the schedule is that Eagles know their well, schedule and they just don't want to tell Martin Frank and John McMullen, well, why well, are you that's being kind of my point. jerks? I was trying to solve shoe around it. I'm so not going to either. You got you to gotta explain it somehow. And it, it, I, I it, don't agree with competitive advantage, but that would be better than being an obnoxious jerk. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said it, Jody. So now I could say if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. That's probably it, what you just said, Joe. All right. When they get on the field, Martin Frank, how much more work does the defense have to do than the offense because of the number of changes in personnel? Eagles lost a lot of guys on defense. 
Uh, they yeah, think I they've mean, replaced him. They think that they're going to be as good talent-wise when they get out there on the field. But guys got to learn the system, and they've got a new defensive coordinator. Would you not say the offense is starting significantly ahead of the defense? Oh, absolutely. I, I think you're you're 100% correct on that. I mean, you look at the offense, and it's pretty much the same offense as last year. Um, you know, even, even the change in coordinators. I mean, Brian Johnson's not coming from outside the organization. Mm-hmm. Brian Johnson was the quarterback's coach the last couple of years. He's known Jalen Hurts ever since Hurts was basically in diapers, uh, maybe a little older, but, you know, you get the gist. And, uh, you know, the offense is pretty much the same. You got the two new running backs and DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, but, you know, the system's the same. It won't take long for those guys to adjust. The defense is going to be not only different in, in the fact that Sean Desai is a coordinator, but you got a lot of different pieces there. I mean, you know, they turned over quite a bit on defense this past season. They got to learn to size defense and they got to learn it quick. I mean, there's not a whole lot of time in training camp um, before the season starts. And, you know, that's going to be pretty much what they're going to be working on right away. Uh, around the league, you mentioned some of those running backs, Martin. That's been sort of the narrative as camps open uh, around the NFL because of what's going on with Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs. Um, the running back position devalued as a whole. The Eagles certainly did it and and do it pretty consistently. If you think about, you know, they bought they built a whole running back room that makes as much as Miles Sanders this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to turn, well, I, I, I'm looking at linebackers. We get closer. They've gone too far at linebacker in my estimation. That's the, the running back position of the defense, but they have Deandre Swift. They have Rashad Penny. These guys are talented. We'll see if it works out. And even Kenny Gainwell, um, is, is a, is a pretty talented kid who kind of fell in the draft because of. He took off the COVID year and all that. Um, linebacker, it's Nicobe Dean and I mean, <laughs> your I, guess is as good as mine. I, yeah. I, I, I think they've taken it too far at linebacker when it comes to devaluation. Agree with that or disagree? I mostly agree with that. I mean, Nicobe Dean, from what everyone was saying, was was ready to play last year. He was just stuck between, you know, behind two veteran guys and and TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. But like, you know, the other guy, Nicholas Morrow, was a starter last year for the Bears. I don't think he's as good as TJ Edwards, or else the Bears probably wouldn't have signed TJ Edwards and let Nicholas Morrow leave. But like that's kind of how the Eagles have been doing it lately. Like, you know, they take a chance on a veteran guy, low cost veteran guy, they start them. Um, and the only problem this year is like, I don't really see many solutions. If, if Nicholas Morrow and, and Nicobe Dean don't work out like last year, you can kind of make the argument if Kaiser didn't work out, they just plug in Nicobe Dean and probably wouldn't miss a beat. But like, I don't, I don't see that gap. I mean, I do see that gap this year as being much bigger between the guys they're projecting to start and the guys behind them. I mean, what else do you have? I mean, you know, everyone talks about Christian Ellis from the spring where he had the two interceptions. Yeah. But, I mean, the guy's never played linebacker before. You know, Sean Bradley is a special teams guy. Um, Davian, 
Davion Taylor was on the practice squad last year. Um, you know, they do have a undrafted free agent who they like a lot from uh, Michigan State. I think it's like Ben Van Sumeran. He's a right. Michigan guy, and then he transferred to Michigan State, I believe, Martin. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, um, this this could be the ultimate test on what they have, how much they value linebacker, and if they need to value it maybe a little bit more than they currently do because, you know, I think they'll get a pretty good idea right away, and maybe towards the end of training camp or the end of the preseason, maybe they just go out and try to sign a veteran if it's not working. Because I don't really see a whole lot of solutions on what they have behind Nicobe Dean and um, Nicholas Morrow. In addition to everything you guys just ran down, and oh, by the way, new defensive coordinator, and oh, by the way, new linebackers coach, DJ Elliott, who seems like a good guy and kind of gets Philly, but doesn't mean he can coach linebackers. We got no idea if your thought is, well, we'll get him, we'll coach him up. Well, we don't even know if the coaches are capable of doing that. So linebacker is a very legitimate question for the Eagles coming into the season. Uh, the other one that people worry about is the safety position coming into the year. Reed Blankenship was a great find last year. They they bring him off the undrafted free agent heap. Don't give him much of a bonus to come in. Makes the team, is starting when CJGJ goes down with an injury. And people are just uh, expecting, well, he's going to do exactly what he did last year. And I would probably be in that group. Are we being overly optimistic? Is just an, okay, well, at least we have uh, Blankenship. We know he was there. We know he started. Uh, we got a free agent coming in from Pittsburgh, a drafted player in the third round. But the, the staple, and again, it seems so weird to talk about a guy who a year ago we were going, yeah, he's not going to make the team. He, Camp body was the word that John used in the first segment. That's what Reed Blankenship looked like a year uh, ago, a camp body. Now he's the given at the safety position. Are we overestimating what uh, Mr. Blankenship's role in this defense is going to be? Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't call him a given um, to start at okay. safety. I mean, you know, I think they drafted Sidney Brown for a reason in the third round. Um, and a lot of it was because of his intelligence and his football IQ. So I think if, if Sidney Brown has a good has a good camp and shows that he's ready, I think he's going to be given every chance possible to start this season, um, maybe even from week one. I mean, I, you know, maybe that's just me. But um, I, I, I would be surprised if Sidney Brown is, is not starting week one um, wow. next to Terrell, Terrell Edmonds. Um, I, you know, I just think they like him that much. And I think, you know, they really wanted to draft a safety who would have a chance to start this year. And, you know, I, I like Reed Blankenship. I thought he did a great job in the five games in which he replaced CJ GJ last year and everything. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't see him as a long-term starter in the NFL I think he'd be a great guy to have on the roster I think he'd be a great third safety and everything like that but you know I think the Eagles really want to see if Sidney Brown is good enough to start right away and I think they hope that he is because you know why else would you draft him in the third round uh speaking of CJ Martin uh when you were on Twitch the other day playing video games with CJ Gardner Johnson uh um, how'd I miss this Martin's playing Twitch with no, the former I'm joking. Eagles? I'm okay. joking. That's uh, that's when CJ got in trouble and said what he said uh, about Eagles fans. 
Um, you know, and there's a small group that he's right about, but you, you got to have more savvy as a player. Um, you think the Eagles dodged a bullet with CJ Gardner Johnson because they wanted him back. Um, now they weren't going to pay him the 14 million that he thought he was worth. Um, yeah. and it turned out they were correct. Nobody else was either. Uh, but he's, you know, he's a handful. You think they dodged a bullet? Uh, very good player on the field, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think they they dodged a big bullet to be honest with you. <laughs> um, and, and I was thinking that, like, even last year when he was going through that, like, you know, they pretty much put the decision down, you know, between keeping him or, or Darius Slay. And you know, as we all know, back in March, I mean, they were pretty much going to release Darius Slay thinking they had a contract, yeah, deal worked out with CJGJ, and then. You know, they changed course. And, you know, if you're looking at it based on that decision, I mean, you know, Slay, yes, he's getting older and stuff, and maybe he's not the dominant lockdown cornerback that he used to be, but he's still really good. He's a great teammate. He's a good leader. Um, they drafted Keely Ringo in, in the fourth round, and and obviously Slay is going to be a mentor for him and everything. And, and, like, Slay gives you everything in that regard off the field that, CJGJ doesn't and you know you just never know I mean a guy like you know a young guy like CJ you know gets a big money contract and maybe he doesn't play as well as he has in the past I mean you know that part hasn't been proven I mean you know what you're getting with Slay Um, and even if he's not at the top of his game like he used to be he's still one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL man you know a lot of people compare Slay to CJ because they're both so loud and boisterous. But man, Slay's like the best teammate ever. Yeah, I mean, he's out he's there in the offseason putting every week. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's even around the league. You know, I'm sure you've seen it, Martin. There's been cornerback on cornerback crime all over the place. They're all insulting each other. Uh, Asante Samuel, our old friend. Where's Damo is out there criticizing Sauce Gardner and everybody else and vice versa. Not Sauce, by the way, Jody. He's been rock solid. Slay's trying to get all the D-backs together and set up sort of an offensive line, what Lane does for the offensive linemen, what Bond Miller does for the, the pass rushers. So you mentioned that mentoring aspect. Having him around for Ringo and whomever, whether it's if Greedy Williams makes the team, even those undrafted guys who are certainly going to be on the practice squad, the Eli Rixes of the world, the yeah. Kai Gardner's. He is a great mentor. He tries to help people. Yeah. Um, so I think that comparison, because they're boisterous, is so off base. And and he yeah. was a team captain. The Eagles, yeah, I'm with you. The Eagles dodged the bullet. But let me let me ask both you guys, because you know Slay, because you're there every single day. Um Eagles played hardball with him, as Martin noted just a couple minutes ago. It is close to releasing Slay and signing CJDJ, and they eventually got a compromise deal done, which Eagles had to have. That's why they're going to release him. Otherwise, it would have got crushed under the salary cap. I got to believe that Slay isn't 100% happy with the renegotiated contract. I think he took a haircut because of it. Any chance that his mentor status might not be as good as you think? Because 
if he was at the happiest level when he was a Philadelphia Eagle, you got to believe that it's hap- less than happiest now because of uh, the, the the push and shove these guys did last year. Any chance he's not as good a mentor as uh, maybe you would think? No, I don't think so. I mean, if he was unhappy, he's the kind of guy who would say if he's unhappy. Yeah, yeah he doesn't have one. a problem. And, what do you, what you mean, two... like CJGJ? You just told me he's not CJGJ. Well, yeah. like he'll tell you, like Matt Patricia, he'll tell you he yeah, doesn't like exactly. Matt Patricia. Like a, a lot of people bring up the Josiah Scott thing, the third and 33, which was Josiah Scott's fault. Yeah, it was. Um, and, you know, fans, a lot of fans, not all fans, thought it was Slay's fault. And Slay went on social media and said, you don't know ball. And people took that as, you know, Going criticizing Scott. Right. It, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, he gets upset. Like I tell every athlete should stay off social media. I mean, if you're worried about, you know, why are you worried about fans who don't understand what the defense called is? So that kind of stuff, he, but he's not being mean to Scott. Like it's not in his nature to not help the young players. He just does. Some guys do, some guys don't. He just does. Uh, And I think that's an underrated aspect to his return and, and the one point i'll make about about slay and, and the contract is you know he he ended up getting an extension i mean it's he was going into the final year of his contract um before like you know renegotiated he got he got an extension i mean it's not like he took a pay cut i mean he got like some guaranteed money beyond this year um so you yeah, know, it depends I, how you look at it. Obviously, the average annual value went down, uh, to Jody's right. point. But, but he, he had no guaranteed, guaranteed money, money left. So technically, he got more guaranteed money yep. uh, than he was set to get. So it's kind of, you know. I mean, he could have taken a chance and played out this season or, you know, gotten released and, you know, signed somewhere else and then probably be on a one-year prove-it deal. But like at his age, I mean, I don't think he's going to get much more no. money no. than he ended up getting with the Eagles in this new deal. So I don't, I don't think he would be upset about that. I mean, he didn't take a pay cut or anything like that. He got he got basically his guaranteed money. It's just spread out a little bit more. All right, Martin, will the Eagle fan base, Eagle Nation, rue this day in future? the day that Dan Snyder walked away from the NFC East. Because let's be honest, the (laughs) Eagles have done well against the team from D.C. with Dan Snyder as their owner. He, quote, unquote, won a lot of winters, but he didn't win a lot of championships and or a lot of playoff games. Is this going to be a day where you can actually look back and go, damn, that wish that Dan Snyder had held on to it? Well, the way I look at it, I'm I'm a Michigan grad and and I hate Ohio State obviously, um, but my favorite Ohio State coach was John Cooper. Um, the guy won nine ten games every year, you know even some years ten or eleven. And as great as they were during the regular season, they always lost to Michigan. Right. And I was like, keep John Cooper, keep John Cooper. <laughs> and then you know they got tired of losing to Michigan, so they fired him. And they bring Friendly. in guys like Jim Trestle and then Urban Meyer. And those guys made it a point to beat Michigan, and I was kind of sad about that, obviously. <laughs> um, so I kind of look at it the same way with uh, Dan Snyder and and Josh Harris. I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, Dan Snyder is the greatest thing because, yeah, you know, he just spends money in all the wrong places. 
Um, I was reading reports recently that he was kind of in the draft room making decisions on who they should pick and everything. Right like off the yacht, goes in the draft room, usurps the personnel department. Yeah, those are yeah, great exactly. stories. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, you know, Josh Harris, you know, we've seen him with the 76ers and everything like that. I mean, the guy wants to win, um, and he's also smart enough to let his people make the decisions and get out of the way and just give him the money for it. So, you know, um, it might not be great this year with, you know, what they have there in Washington, but eventually they're going to turn that around. And uh, that's not obvious. That's obviously not great news for. And, Eagles and, and, you know, he's, he's by far the worst owner in the NFL now is no longer and Josh Harris yeah. and Martin's got some Sixers experience. Josh Harris is, I don't think he's a great owner, but he's not terrible. So right. even if you go from worst to middle of the road, that's a significant upgrade. So yeah, Washington got better and that that's worse for the Eagles. I mean, um, yep. yeah, Daniel, by the way, what do you think of the NFL kills me? I mean, significant fine for Daniel 60 million, but they bring it, you know, all right. They found him when he got 6 billion. All yeah. right. I, I, I mean, so they know the check's going to clear Yeah, when he's yeah. got to pay the fine. They know the check's going to clear. He's got 6 million coming in. He's got 60 million going out. That's he no problem. He, he could have cleared the 60 million very early in the process, but yeah. I think it's ironic yeah. that they waited, but look at how harsh they were. They weren't harsh. I mean, no. for he years, Martin, you know, like, here, you want 60 million. Here you go. Martin, you probably heard the stories. When the players would arrive at FedEx Field for years, um, for those who know FedEx Field, our old buddy Nick Piera once got suspended, but I can say <laughs> it's a freaking dump. Um, oh, yeah, it is. It, yeah. It, but anyway, the opposition, you know, you'd pull the bus in, and it's right by the cheerleaders' locker room, and Daniel Snyder would have the cheerleaders stretching uh, to distract the players as they would come into FedEx Field. It's an open secret around the NFL. Everybody knew this kind of stuff was going on. They didn't care. They did not care. And now they yeah. go, oh, here's $6 billion. Can we have $60 million back? Uh, and, and speaking of FedEx Field, like, you know, I'm sure with Josh Harris as the owner instead of Daniel, Daniel Snyder, chances are they'll get a new stadium. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. That'll be, you know, it'll be a nice one and it'll yeah, entice yeah. free agents to come there. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, if you throw a ton of money at a free agent, he's not going to come because they're playing in FedEx field. But, you know, at the same time, you get an overall better view of an organization and everything, you're more likely to want to go there because you want to play in a state-of-the-art type of facility and everything. So that all, you know, that's another reason why Eagles fans should be worried that Daniel Snyder is no longer in control and everything. Not that he should be because he's like John was saying, a terrible person and everything like that. But all right, yes. last one from me, Martin. Um, and I seem to be out here on an island with this one. And at one time in my life, maybe you heard me say this on the radio many years ago. I was a Dallas Cowboy fan. I liked him as a kid. They had the star on their helmet. They had Tom Landry as a coach. When I was a wee lad, I thought they were pretty damn cool because they were on TV every single week. I am no longer a Cowboy fan. That's how they fan. indoctrinate you, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did. They sucked me in as a kid. But I grew up and became uh, smart enough to realize 
Yeah, they got bad guys on that team. Deion Sanders, bad guy. Terrell Owens, bad guy. Bill Parcells, bad coach. Um, I don't necessarily believe the Cowboys are a top three team in the NFC. Most people do. Some think they're actually number two to the Eagles. Cowboy fans actually think they're number one. I don't think they're – I think it's San Francisco and Philadelphia, then a drop-off, and not necessarily Dallas as number three. How high are you ranking the Cowboys coming into the season, Mark? Well, it's funny you should say that because I think the last time I was on this show, you had me pick, like, my top three challengers to the Eagles, maybe, something like that. And I, and I had the 49ers number one. I had the Detroit Lions number two. And then the Cowboys. Um, you got so, Detroit ahead think, of them. See, I, I got Seattle ahead of them. Mocked me or something like that. Uh, or at least John McMullen did. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but I, I'm kind of sticking by that. I think the Cowboys are a good team. I think, you know, those are obviously the top four teams in the NFC. And I don't think it's really – I think there's a big drop-off after the Cowboys. Ooh, be, but, be, beware the Seahawks, Martin. I'm a huge Geno Smith believer, but maybe. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would I would think, you know, the Cowboys kind of have some issues and everything like that. I mean, they're obviously good and they're obviously gonna win like 10, 10 or eleven games, but you know, I just say I think the 49ers are good and I think the Lions are I mean, I don't think they're going to yeah, surprise Everybody's anybody. on the Lions. They got uh, Denzel Mims from the Jets, yeah. Jody's Jets. Yeah. Uh, that Jamison Williams suspension, that hurts. Yeah, that's going to – it's six games, right? Uh, yeah, yep. six games. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I, – I like what they're building, and they were headed in the right direction towards the end of last season. And I think, you know, Dan Campbell's obviously – quite energetic and he's going to inspire them and everything like that. And, and they I have think, a good off. I love their offensive coordinator, really yeah. inventive guy. Um, ben Johnson. I think he's going to be a head coach uh, in this league pretty quickly. Cause I think the lines are going to be good as well. So, and yeah. somebody's got to win that division um, at M Frank NFL. Make sure you follow Martin on Twitter. You can read them. Delawareonline.com. Joe Biden's favorite newspaper, if he's still website, newspaper, whatever we say these days, if, if Joe's still uh, reading. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to take shot. a, want to take a shot. That's an ageism yeah. shot. I'm an old guy. I can take the, the ageism shot. I think he still um, gets it delivered. And still gets it delivered. You can tell he's an old guy. Um, yeah. Still gets it delivered. Um you're you're ranking. Uh, you're going down in the lead up to training camp. The nine most important Eagles. Where are you? I'm going to guess number one, uh, Martin. I'm going to guess number one. Uh, Can I ruin it? I, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Yeah, one. yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, he's going to be number one. Don't have to bother reading anymore. <laughs> no, I didn't want to. Well, you you got to know read two, it. two through nine. Yes. Wait, wait, yeah. number one. But yeah, so, how you put two so through nine today, is, is key. Today, today was number three. Oh, you're uh, already up to three. Well, who is, who I kind of do it differently. Like I, like, I have it like the top nine, not including Jalen Hurts, and he's going to be like a separate story. Oh, so, oh, all right. There's See? a different way yeah, to do I didn't it. Hey, you yeah. outsmarted, uh, uh, smart. Good well, that's job. Not difficult. That's mm -hmm. not difficult. That's you know what? Good. I might go 
for the most important lists, and I've been telling Jody this, I might go Jalen Hurts one, Marcus Mariota two, in case Jalen Hurts gets hurt. Uh, <laughs> just from the most important aspect of it, because quarterback is so important. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, if God forbid Jalen does get hurt, uh, Marcus becomes the most important player on the Eagles. Not the best, but the most important. And and oh, by the way, if you had Lane Johnson up there high on the list, uh, because uh, his importance is if he goes down, they have no one to replace him. Well, that's no longer the case because they got Dennis Kelly. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Play. Dennis Kelly. I forgot to bring up Dennis Kelly, so I'm going to extend it. Because I'm pretty confident Dennis Kelly, you probably heard me talking, is going to make the team. If he's got anything yeah. left, I got to say, you know, he's 34 years old. What do you think of the Dennis Kelly signing? Do you think it's relevant or he's just here? Because uh, well, they liked him when he was here before. I, I think actually there's relevance to it because, you know, who's who's the backup swing tackle if uh, Melata and – you know, Lane Johnson get hurt. I mean, it's Jack right now Chris, without Jack Driscoll, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Jack Driscoll. I mean, we've seen him play before. He's done a decent job, but I mean, it's definitely a big drop off from Elada and Johnson to Jack. Driscoll. Well, I think to be fair, I think it would still be a big drop off from my Elada yeah, and Johnson to Dennis yeah. Kelly. Yeah, I mean, those guys are so good, but. I don't think they're comfortable with Jack at left tackle. I, you know, yeah. um, right tackle, he can cop, he can fight through it, but left tackle, right. I don't think they're comfortable. That's right. my spin on. I mean, it's not an ideal situation either way if something happens to Melata or Lane Johnson, but I think they just needed more depth at tackle and everything, and I don't think they see Tyler Steen as a, you know potential backup left no. tackle just no. yet. So, no. I mean, I think that's kind of what the Dennis Kelly signing means. Martin, always a pleasure whenever we get you on. Uh, my condolences that you got to hang out in person with McMullen starting next I feel week. bad for him. Martin's got to sit next to me, too. Well, who knows? They might switch up the seats. You never know. They do just, weird just, things when I we're will. not there. Maybe you get lucky, Martin. We'll find out whenever they send the schedule out, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm putting it on you, Frank. It's on you to figure out the conspiracy as to why the Eagles put whoever sits next to who and why they hold on to the schedule to the last possible second to screw you guys. I, I want an article on that. I will actually read that. I promise. I'm old and I don't read anymore either. But I will read that if you write it, okay? All right. Promise. <laughs> Martin Frank, Delaware News here with us on Birds 365. All right. Mac and Mac. Coming back, Mike Missinelli. I've had Mikey Miss on for months. We give him some downtime. He works hard during the season as the host of the postgame show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Always love Mikey Misses missives about the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll share with those coming up in about 10 minutes or so. So stay right here on Birds 365.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Johnny Mac hanging out with Johnny Mac here on Birds 365. We'll be joined by Mikey Miss coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes. Looking forward to chopping up. Uh, I think he's coming on early because you're ducking out early. So maybe we got to remember that. So. What time is it? Uh, I think I said uh, 10, 15. Uh, yeah, Mike might be with us in as few as seven minutes from now. Um, a question for you, Johnny Mac, and uh, I'm going to turn back the clock a little here today. Uh, I grew up, the newspaper guy, you being that you are, um, the New York Post, New York Daily News were two guys, uh, newspapers I read every day. Um, and they would have their quote unquote football writers uh, make picks every Friday uh, for the upcoming games, college on, and they uh, combine them together, college on Saturday and then the NFL on Sunday. And they'd have five or six guys, six or seven guys, different papers use different amount of guys. And uh, I used to say this and a whole bunch of other guys when I worked at ESPN, whatever, if ever you had, a complete agreement across the board that you had a matchup Giants versus Eagles and everybody picked the Giants, then you immediately wanted to pick the Eagles. That if all the experts were in total agreement across the board, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Board and go to the other side. Because there's no way that everybody's getting it right. Guaranteed to get it wrong. Take the other side. And I understood the logic behind it, even though it flew in the face of a lot of logic that, uh, it believe me, I, I monitored this long enough to say, yeah, it's a worthwhile way of looking at things. Are we getting into that territory with the Eagles coming into this season? That I'm starting to get a little bit nervous that everybody, and I mean everybody, and now uh, I'm telling you, I was a kid, it was the six guys who were in the New York Post or New York Daily News. Now we have everyone's opinion on cable TV, on radio, on YouTube, on the internet, uh, easily accessible sites. You can get everybody's opinion with a couple of clicks and a couple of changes of the channel. Everybody's picking the Eagles to win the NFC this year. I mean everybody, yeah. Johnny Mac. Yeah, and Is I'm in that category. Much? I'm in that category. Um, but see, I, I mean, to me – it's about the rest of the NFC, which I've constantly talked about. They're, the NFC is terrible on paper. Now, I'm with you. Somebody's going to be better than we expect. I can't tell you who it is going to be, but somebody's going to be relevant that we don't expect. And to that degree, somebody's going to be worse than we expect. And the Eagles could certainly be put in that category. Um because I do think people are overlooking some of the hurdles and eh, that's not a big deal. We'll start with the coordinators, especially on one side of the football, every single fan, a hundred percent because they don't like the guy. Oh, that's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And not only did they lose the coordinator, as I said, if you were going to do a depth chart on defensive coaches, they lost their top three defensive coaches as a whole. This is the first time, Nick Sirianni has gone through this on his coaching staff in Philadelphia. Significant attrition. You're losing those three coaches, which also include Nick Rollis, who you mentioned uh, uh, roundabout way by saying DJ Elliott as the new linebackers coach. And uh, Denard Wilson, who left because he didn't get promoted to defensive coordinator. Plus, so you got to replace those guys. And... And on top of it, you got to replace five starters. There's only 11 players on defense, Jody. You know, quick math tells me that's pretty significant. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, the expectations are outrageous. They're unrealistic. I said it, you know, 
if you brought everybody back, Jody, they're not getting 70 sacks. They're not going to be number two on defense, most likely. They're not going to be number one at passing defense because they have a more difficult schedule. So you add all these things into the mix. Yeah, people are over over their skis, so to speak, is the term. But I've said it pretty consistently. The Eagles are so talented that they can go through these hiccups and go through these growing pains and maybe lose a game here and there that you don't expect them to lose. And at the end of it, they're still going to be the best team in this conference. That's that's where I am. And I almost feel bad bringing it up because guilty is charged. I say the Eagles are going to win the NFC again, and I say San Francisco's the only team that I have any true fear of in the conference. So I'm as guilty as everybody else. But, man, I was just checking a couple of things. Everybody's picking it. Everybody's saying it. ESPN came out with one yesterday. Not only the power ratings for this season, but the next three seasons combined, which includes quarterback and coach and front office and draft capital and <laughs> roster. They got the Eagles as the best team going forward, too. Not only in 2023, yeah. but well, for the next well, several seasons. Who else are you going to pick in this conference? I mean, you can pick San Francisco if you believe, and you nobody believes more in San Francisco's quarterback than you. Yes, and even you aren't picking San Francisco. Not so this year. I don't know how you can pick San Francisco, and then I, you know, Dallas. I think more of Dallas than most Eagles fans. I think that's fair to say. Um, I think they're a good team, and then the drop off is significant. I'd like Detroit. I like Seattle. But they're not going to be able to deal with the Eagles. Uh, but there are going to be hiccups, Jody. There are going to be hiccups along the way. And there are going to be growing pains. And that's what I think people are. In the moment, people are going to get, and we're going to, are we going to bring Mike up? Well, Mike dropped out again. But uh, I don't know if we're going to break. But in the moment, and as as Mike does the, the post-game show and all that stuff, um, People are going to be very upset when they lose these games or when, even when they struggle, even when they don't have style points and win games, people are going to be upset. But at the end of the day, nobody in this conference is prepared to deal with them. That's my belief. Yeah. Uh, I'm just starting to get a little nervous. I, I, I look at the Eagles roster. I look at the Eagles quarterback coach, everything. And they're the best team on paper. Now you got to do it on the field, and I'm not going to move off my opinion of where they are on paper. But I'm getting nervous because everybody agrees that they are the best team. We'll see if Mikey Ness thinks that. Uh, the host of the Eagles post game show right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Mike Missinelli, is going to join Birds 365 next. So stick around.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagle. Ah, you got your Mac and Mac guys with Mike Missinelli. We got audio issues. I was going to say, was you're that, hearing Bandit? the siren. I thought that was the Missinelli siren, the Missinelli alert. Mikey yeah. Miss in the house. Hit the sirens. It's exciting. Yeah, we got that. Uh-oh. You're muted, Mike. Mike. We got the sirens, but we don't have Mike. There we go. How about that? There, we there go. he is. Hello, Michael. All right. Uh, is that Carolina blue? You're looking. Uh... Uh, I, you know, it's not. It's no denomination. It's uh It's a brand called Psycho Bunny. Psycho Bunny. Yeah. yeah. Got to get me some free Psycho you guys, Bunny you guys swag, get, Mike. You, know, you got to get hipper with the Psycho Bunny yeah. stuff. Come on, man. Yeah. I need hipness. Yeah. So I need Psycho yeah, Bunny you look swag. Good in a Psycho Bunny hat, John. Yeah, you're talking to two guys who got no shot at hipness. We we know you might be able to pull it off, Miss Nelly, but we got no chance whatsoever. Um, you you might have caught the conversation Don and I were having right before we punched you up, and I know you're a the line is telling you something kind of guy, so you might buy into this as well. Are you getting nervous at all, Mike? That everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone is picking the Philadelphia Eagles as the best team in the NFC this year. Does that unnerve you at all? No, and here's why. Because they're good. You know, I, I can't look at somebody and say, well, they're overrating the Eagles. I think they're legitimately evaluated. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're deep. This, this, is, this roster construction is about a solid roster construction that you can come up with. Now, you know, what, what can derail that? I guess injuries can derail that a lack of performance from somebody you expect to perform. But, you know, on paper, you look at it and go, like, why wouldn't you be optimistic yeah. about this? Why wouldn't you pick that team as the best team in the NFC at this point? It, it, to me, it's 
it's declarative and it's not trying to be a homer. I, I just have to give them credit for what they've, they've built here. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And I would add, you know, if you're looking on paper, you got to pick somebody else. If you're not picking the Eagles and who is it? Do that on the AFC side. You can't do it on the NFC side. No, you can't. I mean, you can make a case down for the 49ers and you know that revenge situation, but the Eagles are the Eagles are just better. They're they're more secure <laughs> of a team right now, yeah. except for a couple of areas that were were kind of like you know linebacker. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the linebacker situation, the safety situation, but you know, you know these are things that shouldn't like derail the whole the wholeness of what they are. I mean, they're uh, looking at their offensive line here. They, they pick up Dennis Kelly as, as a, uh, a, a fortified backup guy and, and they're deep at the, at the right guard position. And if they, if they have to move somebody to center, they can plug Steen in. And it's, it's like, they, they've planned for every contingency and, and, and the running back depth of spending like $7 million for four guys. And the one guy being a dynamic guy who fits them perfectly in Deandre Swift. I mean, I, what can happen wrong? Injuries, bad injuries. luck, I guess. Yeah. Injuries, but that's, you know, stipulated with every team. Injuries could always derail you. But on paper, you're right. You know, but, but, we'll give you the but, Mike. My thought process is there are going to be more hiccups this year because they do have to replace coaches for the first time. They do have to replace seven starters from a Super Bowl team. They've done it very well, at least on paper. They plan for certain things. Obviously, N'Kobe Dean, the plan was for him always to be the starter this year. At one of those linebacker positions, the plan was always, you know, we're going to lose Isaac Sayamalo. We got Cam Jurgens. We drafted Tyler Steen. They were going to get two of the three D-backs back. They did. They probably didn't get the two we thought, but they got two of the three back. Change, though, is significant. And there's got to be a little bit of a growing process there. That, to me, and you know from doing the postgame show, in the moment, people are going to be upset from maybe an upset loss or even a lacking of style points. You know how it goes in this city better than anyone. That's what, you know, are they prepared for that? I think they are. They have some hiccups and they write the ship because everybody else stinks. Yeah, the coordinator uh, situation is a really good point. And so let's focus on the defense. Uh, Gannon performed last year, but I hated him. This guy is more of a, a, okay, pass rush. Let's get some take more takeaways secondary oriented right so if you look at the pass rush you you count on one guy absolutely um the other side you you wonder about can can they get a consistent pass rush? can sweat step up can i don't know Derek warnack can they get anything out of here i have no idea whether he's still going to be on the team it's we're we're picking at straws here like okay let's see what could possibly where they could be weak they could be weak at linebacker they they could be weak at, at safety but I, I, you know, I'm looking at the schedule, and I can't see less than 11 wins. And with 11, and the number being 11 and a half, you look at that gauntlet of six straight games, where they would have to win one of those games that you don't expect to give them a guaranteed 12. And maybe they win two of those to give them a guaranteed 13. 
And I go, okay, who's going to do that in the NFC to get a number one seed? And if you got a number one seed, you're in a driver's seat. I would agree there. That's why I'm with the Eagles as the best team in the NFC. I'm just getting nervous because everybody else is with me. And oh, I give you one guy who won't be your partner on Sundays. So I think uh, Seth Jordan will be pointing out the Eagles linebacker play quite often. Get ready for that, Mr. Nelly. That'd he be may. a week in, week out thing for you, big guy. He may, but he hated Gannon so bad that I, I think that like he's going to be held at bay this year. Like he, he was so over the top against Gannon that I think he's almost going to be delighted to see something different. I think Seth is going to be disappointed, man. They're playing the same damn scheme, Mike. Same damn scheme. And by the way, you know, Nick Sirianni wants this defense. He wants this defense. Nick Sirianni. And by the way, it's not only Nick Sirianni. Sean McVay has said it. Uh, a bunch of offensive guys have said it. The big Fangio scheme. They think it's the most difficult to deal with. Um, and that's why they instruct their defensive coaches. I want this. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if Jonathan Gunn is going to play that in Arizona because he came from, I think it's one of the most interesting stories from a Philadelphia perspective because he came from Mike Zimmer who doesn't play that defense. He doesn't play that scheme. Nick Sirianni wants this scheme. I think Denard Wilson was going to change it. And that's why Denard Wilson isn't here. And he won out and he got another Fangio disciple. They're going to play the same damn defense. But here's the difference, Mike. Sean Desai is more savvy to play it up for the Philadelphia fans, whether it's because he was a temple. You saw his opening press conference. He used terms all deep. Sees do aggressive. He used palpable. Uh, you know, it, it, he's better at branding. But the scheme, the philosophy, same. Okay, same. Well, you know, you know, I, I think Philadelphia fans will, if, if they can be conned by that, they'll be conned by it, then they'll be a little happier. I mean, nobody likes Gannon. Couple will buy the word. Nobody, right, nobody right. likes him at all. Like. I can't imagine it's going to be the same venom for this guy. At least it gets a honeymoon. All right. Let me uh, throw out a question mark for the Eagles this year. And I haven't changed on this, even though the coach vehemently disagrees with me. The Eagles are a good team for 53-man roster, betting everybody else. Third wide receiver. And you could go, Jody, it's third. Stop. We're, we're talking about A.J. <laughs> Smith and – uh, excuse me, A.J. Uh, Brown and, and Devontae Smith. Why are you pecking on the third wide receiver? Everybody has a third wide receiver on the field, almost every play in the NFL anymore. It's not like it's a he, the third wide receiver sitting on the bench. No, he's on the field almost every play because everybody goes three wideouts. <clears throat> Your faith in Quez Watkins coming into the season. The coach seems to have plenty. Jody McDonald has very little. How about Mike Missanelli? I'm a flat line on him. I, you know, I don't, I don't usually buy into the hype of a, of a mini camp where everybody says, "Oh, look, he looks a lot better." Blah blah blah. Um, he had a toughness to acquire. You don't acquire that unless you play in competition. So, I mean, well, you're right to look at that. Uh, I, I can't say that he's going to be any better. Like, I'm, I'm not conned into thinking it. So he's going to have to prove it, and uh, and we'll see. And if he doesn't prove it, I don't know. And, 
uh, Zacchaeus be a factor for them? I, you're right. It's not. It's not a the best situation <laughs> ever. You know, but it's balanced by the running back situation. The way I look at it, I mean, I think DeAndre Swift is going to be amazing in this offense. I, I really do. I think they're going to get the ball to him in space, and um, it, it's going to be a highlight for them. Uh, by the way, it's also balanced, Mike, by AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, I think they're, they're pretty the good. They might um, be all right. Yeah, it is funny though. And, and talk- then, and then, yeah. listen, who who has that? Those two, and the tight end combination. Yeah. You know, it's the top three in the league if you if you bunch that those three there. Yeah. Now it's funny because we're talking about the Eagles, and Jody and I do this every day. Obviously, and we talk about third receiver and we talk about right guard, whereas other teams are worried about significant, significant positions. Um, and I'm going to go that route again with backup quarterback. A, did you see? Uh, Netflix's quarterback, and if you did, you saw Marcus Mariota. I and I want to say this, Mike. I think everybody thinks the Eagles are better at backup quarterback. I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I know they don't like Gardner Minshew, but boy, nobody knows how important backup quarterback is. And you hope Jalen's out there for 17 game. History says he's going to miss one or two at least. I don't think they improved at backup quarterback. On paper, did they improve? I don't know. The style, I think, is more conducive to what they can do with the, with their playbook. So uh, I don't really have a problem with Marcus Mariota. I wasn't a big Minshew guy. Uh, so I think Mariota can can do a couple more things that they like. Uh, I, I don't have, I don't share that that same concern. Backup yeah. quarterback. But you know this starter so so hardy that you know. Yeah. Well, I'll it's one of those things. But if you need a game, I know. I, I'll if cross you that need bridge. a game late, I don't know. You trust Minshew more than you trust Mariota to give you a game in case you need it. Is what you're saying? A little bit, a little bit. He was. How not about good you, Jody? Year. Yeah. How here's here's where John and I uh, we did yesterday. We're again today. The whole thought process. I'm a results oriented guy. Last time I checked, Minshew went 0 for 2 last year. So how much worse could Mariota be? If he plays two games and he loses them, them both, he's the same as Gardner Minshew. He's no worse. So, yeah, I I, I think that they're perfectly fine. At back Minshew, up. it's a funny thing. Uh, like a lot of athletes in Philadelphia, had an immunity because of who he was. And you're right. He was 0 and 2, but... You know, he was. Uh, well, I would argue. I would argue from that standpoint, Mike Marcus is going to get because they all wanted him when he was drafted. All the chip, yeah, do the deal, do the deal. They still think he's the same guy. By the way, he was never that guy. He should have never been the number two pick in the draft. It was never a good NFL starting quarterback. But he'll always have that. Jody and I also talk about pedigree all the time. He's got the pedigree, right? Well, he's forever the number two pick. Except he make, he's never played he like the number. Forget about his pedigree because that's long gone, John. I agree. But but can he make more plays than Minshew on a football yeah. game? Well, that's my concern. And by the way, this is not that Gardner can make a lot of plays. I just think Gardner's a good backup quarterback. And Jody's right, but he played well. He played really three games here because I I and he played well in two of them. Um, the Jets, he was lights out. Uh, the year prior, he was tremendous. Um, 
And, People say and, just and, the Jets. The Jet guy, I'll tell you, the Jet defense sucked. And he, he and, lit and, up. He lit up. He lit up a real bad Jet defense. I wouldn't even say lit up. He played pretty damn well against a really bad Jet defense that day. I know. I was in the stadium. No, I watched it. They were a bad defense. But he played very well. That's all you can do if you're out there. Um, against Dallas, he played very well. He had the two big interceptions, but kept him in the game against a very good football team. And I put more of the blame on Quez Watkins for both of those throws. Now, now, they could have been better throws, but you got to fight for the football. And then he played one terrible game. He was terrible, terrible. All right, so third and eight. Third and eight. Minshew can complete a pass, maybe. Uh, Mariota can also. But Mariota can also break out and make that first down that Minshew can't. Right? Am I right? No, I, maybe, I, I, maybe the maybe the early yeah, Marcus is still he still had, he can still get he's out still, there. He's still got some some juice. But if you watch the show, and I assume you'll get to it eventually, but it's a very good show. Marcus does not come across great. I I will say it that from a performance standpoint, and then also he had a lot of personal issues. He was having a kid and all that kind of stuff when they're thinking about benching him. But he left the team as well. You know. Uh, did not come across great. Yeah, I'll I'll go out on a limb and say Marcus Mariota does not have a three turnover day like Gardner Minshew did last year. Well, let's see if Quez helps him out. Uh, there won't be Quez. He'll be he'll be I, smart I, enough I not worried. to throw it to Quez in it, traffic. It, until John just brought this up, I hadn't worried about that backup quarterback. Hey, thing. what are we going to do, Mike? We got to it. The training camp hasn't even started. Now, now backup quarterback. About. The reason Jalen Hurts is here is because the Eagles value backup quarterbacks so much. So think of it that way. They're, they're, on, they're usually on the cutting edge of caring about backup quarterback because who has, especially recent history, they won a stinking Super Bowl with the backup quarterback, Mike. I'm, I'm trying to get through the rest of the summer uh, without that, without any worries and, and, McCullough just gave me like a week now to to think about this (laughs) dreaded backup quarterback situation. All right. Mikey missed a first round draft pick in the NFL this past year. Got caught going 140 miles an hour in a 55 zone yesterday. And it wasn't the Eagles pick. That's a good thing. It was Jordan Addison and the Minnesota Vikings out there doing a buck 40 in a 55 zone. You don't even get arrested for that now. You don't even get arrested for going 145 and a 55 or whatever 140 and a 55. 140 yeah, and a, a 55. Little, little over the these, guys, these guys have the need for speed, man. These young kids. I, I guess it's always been the same. Uh, but Springsteen used to write about it in his song. So everybody has the need for speed. Yeah. Get the get the signing bonus. Get, get a the, Lamborghini. The, yeah, that's what you need. You, you think um, Henry Henry Ruggs would have taught these kids something? But uh, yeah, it's, I, yeah I don't, I don't, no, I don't think they're invincible, man. They feel invincible. They get behind a big machine. Yeah, it's like, well, I, it's it's a big machine. I got to roar it. Yeah, the Vikings wish it was a DeLorean so they could go back in time and not uh, save the kids. Shot on goal yeah. score. Um, does Dom DeLisandro know right now what Jalen Carter is driving? Because uh, the Eagles are supposed to be cutting edge and staying on top of me. Say, I'd want to know what the hell Jalen Carter's driving, what he did with that signing bonus, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, Dom's probably on it. But Jalen Carter is listed as the starter right now on their depth chart. Uh, well, there's no official depth chart. But I think if you look at most guys, yeah, I mean, most of us expect him to start. I expect him to start. I mean, this kid is uber, I mean, uber talented. He's the best player in the draft, talent-wise. Yeah. Um he, he's different from that perspective. If if he doesn't get in trouble, if he does what he's supposed to do, I'd be stunned if he's not a starter, Mike. He's, and Jordan he's that Davis talented. Part of the rotation. Well, no, Jordan Davis, they play the 50 front, which is the five-man front, and he's the nose tackle. So he they have three starters inside. So it'll be Jordan Fletcher. Davis, Fletcher Cox, mm-hmm. Jalen Carter, and then when they go to the 40 front, the four-man front, in the pass rushing situation, then Davis comes off the field. And it's Carter, Cox, Reddick, Sweat, in theory. It's pretty deep, man. And Milt Williams is in that bag. I, yeah. You know, I, I look at him and I go, uh, I'm trying to compare them against other teams in the conference. And I go, well, I can't make a case for anybody else but them. So... You know, no, defensive line. Hard. They're pretty good. In, in Philadelphia, it's funny because you know when a team is good. Like you, you, know, you create little, little cracks and little weaknesses and what could go wrong. But you know, the, majority, this team is one of those teams that's good and it's going to be there. And I think we all know it. Yeah, I, Mikey, miss you did the whole sports talk radio thing forever. You knew how much this town liked to analyze every word the coach used. You and I go all the way back to Cotite. I felt bad for that poor, poor fool. They, they, they would snip his foolish things to say to make him look even worse than he was. He did a good enough job shooting himself in the foot, but they make him work look even worse than he was. Uh, when Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl, he came up with the new norm that this is the new norm. We have to get used to being the defending champions and the like. And then his whole offensive line got hurt, and he didn't have much of a shot thereafter. Um, how is Sirianni going to handle this year? What do you think his message is going to be first out of the blocks when they open up camp defending NFC champions, not Super Bowl champions? Does he use that as, yeah, but we didn't finish. Does he go down the road of unfinished business? How do you think Sirianni handles what he says about his Eagle team as camp opens up? Yeah, I, I think it's exactly what you just said. Un- unfinished business, a way to motivate him to get him to the, to the next level. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys that obviously can't be satisfied because they didn't win it. So uh, he that, that this helps him with the work ethic that the team needs. But he still has that kind of that young um, high school kind of rally, rally around mentality. And, and that's what I think he's going to do. Uh, don't stop here. One of those type of messages. Uh, and it's like, you know, because we haven't really heard a lot about him this offseason. And I, I wonder if. People are yet 100% sold on him. I think last year they kind of grew on people. Are they 100% sold on him? Is he the guy that uh, the fans want to, to, to have as the leader in battle at this point? Has he earned that yet? I don't know. I think so. I mean, he's the pander in chief, Mike. I mean, he's got the he Phillies is. gear. He's got the Sixers gear. He's got the Flyers gear. <laughs> Um, Are you, you're saying that sarcastically? I, a little bit. Um, 
he knows how to brand as well. I, you know, branding's a big thing with this fan yeah. base. You know it. Yeah, he's he good knows, at that. Yeah, when he doesn't get carried away with it, he, he's pretty solid at it. I think he's learned a lot. I think he's learned a little bit of maturity. Yeah. So, I'm my okay. question with Nick Sirianni is, and you know, like he's very focused. He's hyper focused on, you know, be in the moment, get better today, only think about the upcoming opponent, keep things. And now you've been to the Super Bowl, the human nature aspect of it. Oh, we got to do this again. We got to climb the mountain. And sometimes you got to switch up that messaging with the players, especially the veteran players. Um, do they tune out to that kind of stuff? That's my only concern. Well, I don't know. Is it an easy sell for you to say, listen, we really didn't accomplish anything. We had a nice season. We lost the Super Bowl. The goal was to win the Super Bowl. So, fellas, you know, we're. Our, our work isn't done. So let's keep working at it because we got another level to reach. I think that's a pretty easy message to sell it to guys. All right. I've been throwing this out there for the last couple of weeks, Mike, and I just hope that I'm wrong. I, I'm not saying, oh my God, the sky is falling. But my only concern with Jalen Hurts this offseason, uh, I was one of the few, the proud, who said he was a good draft pick. So I've been on the bandwagon ever since. Yeah, I didn't think he's jumping off the way that he did to the second-best quarterback. I'm not stupid enough to try and glom onto that kind of credit, but I'm a big fan of the player. He's He made such a meteoric rise. Is there going to be too much demand on his time? Uh, media stuff, uh, endorsement stuff, everybody wanting a piece of Jalen Hurts and him being as nice a kid as he is, that he's going to have a tough time saying no. I think pressure is irrelevant. I think he's going to put in the work. I think he's smart as hell. I think he showed his talent. He checks so many friggin' boxes. The one I don't know is, is he going to be too popular? Is there going to be too much grasp of Jalen Hurts this year? I'm slightly nervous about that. Am I being overly protective? No, it, it, it's a good point. Um, but he's such a different cat, Jody. You know, like, uh, uh, like he is he susceptible to to being like taken off the message. You know, I, I just don't see that in him. He's robotic. And, and uh, I don't know if a guy like that could get carried away with the, with the fanfare of his profession rather than sticking to the profession. I think he wants to be really good. And I think he, he knows the things he needs to be really good. And one of them is not getting carried away with that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 if it was a different type of personality, maybe I'd worry a little more. And I look at the guy and I go, he's almost too good to be true. He's almost, you know, he can't be human. Yeah. Some of this stuff that well, we're does. just talking about with Addison. I mean, he's mature. You know, Jeffrey Laurie said it. Uh, most mature 24-year-old he's ever met. Um, I don't know. That kind of stuff. I don't know if it's taught. I mean, his father, you know, Nick Sirianni brings up. They have that in common. They're both uh, sons of coaches. Uh, mm -hmm. He's. He's adaptable to tough coaching. A lot of people take it in a negative way. He takes it in a positive way. But he's mature. I, I, I don't know if that's innate or taught, but it's rare at that age. I wasn't mature at 24. I can't speak for you guys, but most people aren't, as you see with Jordan Addison. I'm picking on that poor kid, but that's <laughs> dumb. I mean, you know, he doesn't do dumb Shit. You know, he doesn't look like he he 
like looks forward to the fanfare of it, right? So if you don't look forward to it, it doesn't turn you on that much. I mean, you do it, obviously, because you think it's your job. But if it's like some guys get overly excited by it and becomes it defines them. This guy's like, yeah, okay, it's part of it, but football really is what I'm here for. Yeah, so yeah. I. You never hear uh, Jalen Hurts and FOMO, fear of missing out. No. He's, he's got to be there. He's he just going to sit down watching some extra film to be better uh, suited to win the game next yeah, week. Yeah, his personality is such a, to me, I, I don't worry about that kind of thing. Unless he shows like a, a visible crack and like change. But he's like such a, he's a very unique athlete that I've seen in all my years of covering sports. All right, Mikey, Miss, I used to enjoy uh, every once in a while on the radio when you would talk about uh, your your choices in movies. And I think we've got a, a tremendously debatable topic in movies released this week. If you went to the theater and they were showing two movies just released and you can only watch one out of two, they got a big guard between the two so you can't move into the other theater afterwards. You're screwed. You can only watch one, but you're in for free. Which one are you watching? Oppenheimer about the atomic bomb or Barbie. You can only go to one of the two movies. Which one is Miss Ellie going I, into? I can't imagine you would think I would go to see Barbie. Come on. I hear it's you great. Go, go. I raised a daughter and she had the Barbie thing, but I, but I never really knew that much about it. You know, I just, so I have absolutely zero interest except for the fact that it's another chance to see Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. That's oh, what yeah. I said. You default. You default yeah, right. to Margot Robbie. Now, I prefer it to be the a, Wolf like of Wall Street or something yeah, like I, that. I mean, I would see her in another kind of movie. Yeah. I, I, I have no interest in the Barbie theme. Uh, Oppenheimer is obviously a, 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 interests me a lot because of the, the history part of it. But it's also, I got to think it's going to be upsetting. So I, I don't know how much I would enjoy it yeah. beyond right. the historical significance of it. Yeah. I, so I'm with you. Margot Robbie's the only reason I'm turning on Barbie. He's going Oppenheimer by uh, uh, default. Yeah, I, by default. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Mikey Mitz, great stuff. It was good catching up with you, brother. Enjoy the rest of your summer. You know we're going to get you on again as soon as camp opens up. Thanks for doing it today. We appreciate it. And what is it called again? Psycho Bunny? I got to go get a Psycho, Psycho Bunny. Bunny. Yeah, Psycho yeah. Bunny. Is and don't worry game. about the backup quarterback. I just, uh, you know, I went down a wormhole, Mike. John, I'll expect next time we're on, you have a Psycho Bunny shirt or a hat. Well, I, yeah. you got to get me the contact don't, info. I need the swag, uh, Mike. Yeah, I'm not Mike Missinelli. I got to get the swag. I always say, Google Psycho Bunny. Google right, Bunny. McMullen's right. going to have to pay for it. That's the that's problem number one. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Miss, thanks, brother. Appreciate it All always. Right, Take care. Mike Missinelli here with us on Birds 365. It just... Uh, you know my daughter, quickly. I got to get out of here. Exit stage left. She works for Comcast in the entertainment department. So part of her gig is she gets to go to movies released ahead of time before they ever come out, premieres and stuff like that. And she saw on back-to-back nights both Oppenheimer and Barbie. What's and she, she like flat that? out loved them both. Wow. They couldn't yeah. be more different. One about the history of the atom bomb and the other one about a an action figure female doll. You, you can't get any more different than that. But my daughter said that both of them were great. So I thought that uh, Miss and Ellie would have some fun with that. Always have fun. We'll get Mikey Miss on. All right. Yeah, Johnny Mac, I got to exit a little early today. I'm hopping on CBS Sport Radio, doing some fill in there. Uh, you and I will do this thing again next week. By the time we get here Monday, when we return on Monday, will John McMullen have his Eagle schedule? 
Um, <clears throat> no, I think I'll get it on Monday, probably after, probably after the show. That uh, is would funny. Be my guess. That yeah. that is that is absolutely funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. Come on, Eagles. Johnny Mac had the Tennessee Titan media schedule six weeks ago. You can't get yours out three days ahead of time for the opening of the season. Come on, Eagle. Who who takes the grief from you guys? If it if it uh, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, you you said what did what term did you use, Jody? I forget. Uh, uh, obnoxious. Uh, obnoxious. You... Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. They're being obnoxious jerks. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, they're just being obnoxious. Uh, the obnoxiousness may continue to Monday. John McMullen and I will be back on Monday. Johnny Mac's coming back <clears throat> next here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Welcome back in, everybody, to Birds 365. I'm filling in for Jody Mack to take you to the top of the hour. 
John, we beat up everything throughout the whole off season and we are just about there. So I have a question for you. When you get your schedule and you're prepared to go down there, what are your sights set on? Maybe, maybe there's a bunch of things, but what's your top three things? We've talked about the right guard. We've talked about the safety position, the running backs. Where are you looking when you get down there next week? Uh, running back, I think it's going to be interesting, number one, to see how they they start and how they're going to, to go about things, whether it's going to be a committee approach, whether they're um, – going to go with a, a, a lead back like they had last year with Miles Sanders. It's fun to talk about committees, but, you know, then when somebody is in game, Xander, and they touch the ball five times, they're playing well, you really want to sit them to be sort of a slavish devotion to some kind of committee. I don't think it ever works. So I'm interested in running back, and if, I've been talking about it for a while. If Rashad Penny's not, you know, Mike missionality there you heard him say he's really high on deandre swift well if swift's going to be that guy do you really need penny here so i think running back is very interesting uh linebacker too we've been talking about that a lot it's nicobe dean and you know what obviously nicholas morrow's the the leader in the clubhouse christian ellis maybe has a chance but that's going to be a position to keep an eye on because even Nicobe, I think we're all optimistic. Jody's more optimistic than me, but guys never played before. There generally is some startup cost uh, when it comes to young players playing in the NFL and safety as well with Sidney Brown. Martin Frank was talking about Sidney Brown. He thinks he's going to be a starter week one. You know, I went back to last year's draft, Xander, two safeties taken. Lewis Seen uh, from Georgia. Who was a lot of people were high on. A lot of people were high on. Dax Hill from Michigan. Neither of them played very much. Those are first-round picks. Now, Seen got hurt, broke his leg, but he wasn't playing before he broke his leg. And Dax Hill was on a team, Cincinnati, with good safeties. Um, so that explained part of it. But those guys didn't play at all and you're expecting a third-round pick to just come in and play, you know, a C.J. Gardner-Johnson level of snaps or Marcus Epps level of snaps, that's a lot to ask for. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. It's a good team, but there's there's <clears throat> questions. There's yeah, I want to go back real quick on – I'm going to hit on a couple things you said there, but in terms of the running back, John, what I think is interesting about what you said – when one guy's playing great, how do you go to the committee? But even if you look at last season, Miles Sanders, thousand yard rusher. But when you got to the Super Bowl, you know, he has a bad start to the game. And then Kenny Gainwell starts playing. And I almost wonder, like, even if someone steps up in that running back room, does it matter? Are they going to keep all three cogs there for purposes like that? Well, yeah, but remember, I mean, uh, Miles got hurt on the first play, and it's partially his reason. So a lot of the reason they went to Kenny Gainwell in the Super Bowl was Miles got hurt and eventually worked his way back in the game. But a lot of it was injury-related. And even late in the season, people kind of forget Miles uh, hurt his knee and was playing with that knee brace, and that's why they – they used a little bit more of the other guys to sort of 
try to get him as healthy as possible. So they use, I mean, Miles was a lead back. Miles, you know, he touched the football a lot. Uh, and then when he was banged up, they went in other directions. That's fine. But I'm saying you you need backups. You're going to have backups. So you know Swift is going to be here. You know Gainwell's going to be here. Those are the guys that are 100%. Then Austin Scott, probably 90-plus percent. Rashad Penny. Nick Sirianni keeps bringing up Trey Sermon. Um, you know they're going to keep four backs, so guys are going to be here. But I think there's going to be a lead back. The and, Trey Sermon thing is interesting. Like, even just a numbers game, I don't see how why Nick is bringing him up. You got Swift, <clears> you got Penny, you got Gainwell, which is interesting to me because he made took a lot of steps forward last year. And then yeah. you bring in these two new bodies who I think are, are <laughs> probably going to be above him on the depth chart. Maybe not. And then you also have Boston Scott. So, yeah. like, where where is Trey Sermon fit? Well, there's a couple ways, you know. Remember, they gave Rashad Penny six hundred fifty grand guaranteed, yeah. so they can cut him right away. It could be one that I always bring up: Jaquaski Tart from last year. People are like, he's going to be the starting safety. But from a talent standpoint, John, isn't he the better back? Maybe, uh, certainly has proven to be. But the guys missed so much time last year. Was a broken fibula. Uh, torn ACL. He's the same guy physically. Uh, that's, you know, if Rashad Penny is the Rashad Penny we saw early in his career in Seattle and he's healthy, yeah, he's by far the most talented runner on this team. Um, is he that guy? There's a reason. Remember, Xander, there's 31 other teams. And even though running back is devalued as a whole, <clears throat> A lot of guys got more than six hundred fifty grand guaranteed. Right. So nobody was lining up for Rashad Penny after all the injuries. Um, so there's a lot to be proven there. Then the second part of it is the future. That that's why I think Trey Sermon keeps being brought up uh, by Nick Sirianni. One, he likes him. Two, he's under team control for a number of years. Think about it from this perspective. Rashad Penny plays lights out. He's not going to be back next year. Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders, just look at him. I mean, he had a great yeah. season. He's not back. They're not paying a running back, right? So if he plays lights out, he's not going to be here next year. If he plays poorly, you don't want him to be here next year. So what's the avenue for Rashad Penny to return? Very small one. Very small one. And then Boston Scott... You know, people kind of assume, oh, Boston's going to be on the team. Boston's going to be on the team. And you're probably right. You know, probably 90% chance he's going to be on this team. But remember, his biggest role, other than beating up on the New York Giants, is kick returner. Kick returners are less and less relevant. Now more irrelevant than ever um, with the new rules. Yeah, they've been legislated out of the game. Yeah. You don't really need a kick returner. Fair catch it started to 25, especially with this offense. Britton Covey can do it as the punt returner. Might get killed <laughs> when he does try to return one. But you don't really need a kick returner. So there are two avenues for Trey Sermon to make this team. 
one at the expense of Rashad Penny, one at the expense of Boston Scott. I wouldn't count it out. But he's yeah, got to play that, well. He's got to he's got to play well. Yeah, I think in, what you said is a good game. point too about you know it's not all about I guess this season if you're thinking about the future. Uh, I want to shift to linebacker and safety. A little hybrid question here. Do you feel good about those positions? I mean, Nicobe Dean, like you said, there's going to be startup costs. And then even if forget Sidney Brown for a second. Reed Blankenship, can he fill the role that Marcus Epps filled? I mean, you also lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson, so there seems to be a lot of holes on the back end of the defense, and this is a passing league. I mean, I know you got good cornerbacks, but, you know, that could be exploited. Well, I feel terrible about the linebacker position. I do (laughs) not feel good about the linebacker position at all. Uh, safety, I think they're fine because they have enough bodies. Somebody will play at least competently um, between some of the names you mentioned. Um, Terrell Edmonds is, is proven at least to be an okay starter in this league on a pretty good defense. Um, still a young player. I don't know if he's a fit for this defense. Um, people forget about Justin Evans. He you know, really talented injuries, uh, kind of derailed his career. He's here. So you should have enough bodies. And then I've been bringing up, you can play Avante Maddox at safety. Right. Um, if, if everybody craps the bed, you can play Avante Maddox at safety and sort of play how they played with CJ late last season. In other words, when Avante was hurt, CJ would, play safety when a nickelback wasn't on the field. And then when they needed a nickelback, CJ played nickel and Reed Blankenship came in to play safety. They could do the same thing with Maddox, start him at safety. When they need a nickel, put them in the slot and rotate in, whether it's Reed Blankenship, Sidney Brown, Terrell Edmonds. And, that might be best served for Sidney Brown because then, you know, he's on the field 25% of the time and you can kind of ramp him up a little bit. Right. What does that, what would that mean for the cornerbacks? I mean, I know I, my sights are, I mean, I'm, I like the prospect of Keely Ringo. I don't know what, you know, how it's going to look for him. Obviously he's a rookie. He's uh, I guess he's coming off an injury, so we'll see how he progresses. But it, let's say, for example, you, you do move Avante Maddox. Uh, how does that cornerback room shake out? Well, the corners are great. And you're not moving by doing that. You're not moving Avante Maddox. In other words, he's playing the slot. Every time you have a nickel, he's playing the slot. So it's Slay, it's Bradbury, it's Maddox. Only when you take the slot off the field. My argument is Avante is one of your best players. Why don't you want him on the field for all three downs? Now, usually slot corners in the modern NFL play 70% of the time. But there's that extra 30% of the time. Why not put him on the field? Now people say, cause he's going to get hurt. Well, maybe, but I can't legislate against that. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays until he does get hurt. And um, if you do that, you sort of have this built in sort of mechanism to get Sidney Brown started, but not with all this on his plate that he's out there for a hundred percent of the snaps. I think that's too much. I think early in his career, that's, that's going to be too much. 
John, what's the solution at linebacker? You said you were not feeling good about it at all. Is it <clears throat> possible how he's looking to acquire? I mean, last, you know, sometimes you get so caught up in the moment. I remember last season, or was, yeah, I think it was last season, we we signed somebody late, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We, we yeah, traded for C.J. Yeah, in August, yeah. yeah. I mean, is there a move like that to be made? Or I guess see how camp plays and, and see how the yeah. position looks. I think it'll be more. People want the splash. Jody's been talking about Patrick Queen forever. They're not paying a linebacker. So, I mean, they've already yeah, they proven that. They Edwards if uh, they were going to pay a yeah. linebacker. Um, Devin White. And, and, and by the way, Tampa Bay's not trading him, and, and, and Baltimore's not trading Patrick Queen. So, But there's going to be guys that – are on rookie deals. Remember, CJ was on his rookie deal, the final year of his rookie deal. That's the player you're looking for. That's the wheelhouse. Still on a cost-effective contract. Um, And I do think there will be a linebacker, a new linebacker here between today and week one. Uh, They're just not good enough there. And Howie sees that. I'm sure he sees it. Well, there you have it, John's breakdown going into into camp. We've we've I feel like we've beaten it up pretty good on Birds 365, talking about everything uh, on the lead up to camp. John, it's it's the final weekend before the fun begins. Do you have any good plans for the weekend? Are you doing anything fun, or or are you just staying relaxed? Uh, I'm trying to gear up for training camp. It's, of course, I looked at the weather. It's going to be 90-something. So, you know, um, you know, got to walk around the neighborhood. A lot of movement. Got got I'm just like the players. I prepare for training camp, Sander. Yeah, got to be prepared. A lot of walking, a lot of, st- a lot yeah. of steps in your days when, when exactly. camp Exactly, exactly. You got to get to, you got to get ready, especially at my age. All right, John, sounds good. Uh, good week on Birds 365. Thanks to uh, Martin Frank and Mike Missinelli today. Jody Mack will be back on Monday with Johnny Mack, and I'll do the signature back in two and two. Thank you, Jay Mack. All right. Way to put a bow on the show. You got to get that in there. Too. All right. Got to put, put that in there. Thanks for getting that in for me, Johnny Mack. See you guys Monday. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.